Hi everyone, and welcome to the November edition of the DistilleryTours.scot podcast, giving you that wee bit of extra insight from Scotland's whisky distilleries. My name's Nikki Simpson, and in this episode, I spoke to Pierrick Guillaume, distillery manager at the Lagavulin Distillery on Isla. Pierrick talks about the sights, sounds and smells of Isla, why he loves working at the Lagavulin Distillery and the journey that brought him there, and why he's taken the Lagavulin 12-year-old on holiday with him. If you'd like to find out more about the Lagavulin Distillery and its whisky, check out distillerytours.scot and click on the Book Now button on the Lagavulin listing. We hope you enjoy it. Start your whisky journey with Caledonian McBrain, proud sponsors of Distillery and Whisky News podcasts. Visit calmac.co.uk for further information. Hi everyone, welcome to the distillerytours.scot podcast. This month I'm here with Pierrick Guillaume, distillery manager at the Lagavulin Distillery. Hi Pierrick. Hello. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, so tell us tell us about your life before whiskey first then, before we get started on Lagavulin. Tell me about how you how did you come to this? What what's your life been like? Well, my life has been cool, <laughs> but that's uh, an unusual journey that I had to get there, I suppose, compared to other people, probably. So I used to be a PE teacher and a judo teacher. So that was back in France, uh, and I was still studying PE. Uh, I've done uh, a master's degree in research in political history or sport, which sounds a bit uh, different. Uh, it was fun at the time, but then I wanted to, to move on and... Uh, Go abroad. I wanted to go to Scotland. I've always wanted to. Uh, I was attracted to the, the landscape, the traditions, but also I wanted to discover whiskey. Uh, and I was really lucky that randomly I was sent to Isla uh, to be a French assistant teacher. So I went there, uh, I spent a couple of years, discovered whiskey, fell in love with it, and then tried to get into the industry. And that happened when I moved to the East Coast in Fife, Leven. So there's a big dehydro plant there. We've got bottling holes. We've got feeding stores and disgorging units and big warehouses as well. You've got about a million casks sleeping on the side there. And so eventually I managed to get started as a temporary worker, uh, emptying casks and feeding casks basically was what I was doing at the time. Uh, and after that, I managed to get contracted with um, Diageo uh, being a cask handler. We call that cask handler. It's basically pushing casks. So being in the warehouses, uh, taking some casks out to, to uh, get them emptied and then putting the new filled ones in the racks to go to sleep for a few years. Um, and then after that, I uh, went back to the first place as a team uh, a team leader and got, uh, got offered uh, the opportunity to be a training site operations manager. So that's when I started going up north um, to, to work in distilleries. Amazing. I love the way you skipped past that whole PE, sport, judo. And then I went to Isla. Um, tell us a bit, you, you're, I mean, you're French, obviously. So tell us about what whereabouts in France are you from? Did you drink whiskey before while you were being a PE teacher? I mean, I don't mean while, but, you know, in the evenings or was like, <laughs> were you coming to Scotland to discover whiskey or what was that like? No, I wasn't really uh, a whiskey drinker. I was uh, I was a whiskey drinker because I was drinking blends when I was going out with my friends being a student. But at the time, it was really not focusing on quality too much. So, um, yeah, I didn't know much about whiskey, really. It was, a, it was a new world for me, but I wanted to know about it. 
Um, I come from the southwest of France, so between Bordeaux and Toulouse, uh, a place called Agen. Uh, the specialty there is prunes. So my uh, grandparents had plum trees and I grew up in the middle of plum trees. Uh, since I could walk, I was picking uh, plums like in the in the on the trees and um, yeah my grandpa was making water of life of plum as well so we had that in casks uh, around the house when i say casks it was plastic tubs so it was always uh, keeping the white color of it and very very strong so 65 percent abv sometimes when it was bottled and yeah that was keeping uh, keeping us going after a good uh, a good meal on a sunday and so yeah, that, that was this, and the region where I'm from is really the region of Armagnac. So Armagnac is the, the alcohol again that I grew up with. When I say grew up with, surrounded by like this tradition and this culture, I wasn't drinking that at a young age. Uh, but uh, yeah, as part of a, a family meal on a Sunday, very often we would have Armagnac at the end of the, uh, of the meal, and also some uh, some prune alcohol or even some prunes in the in the new make spirits. So in the the plum new make spirits. That's funny. I, I I didn't even know that existed. Um, plum new mix, but it, that's that's definitely one to to bring on to into the into the whiskey industry. I'm sure. So you, how did you come to Lagavulin then? You you used to work in Leven as a team leader, trainee site operations, and then did you have a period at, at Kalila as well? Is that right? Yeah. Well, actually, that that came later on. So Lagavulin is the ninth site I'm working out. Uh, so if you want them all, I started at Linkwood, uh, where I was there briefly, just briefly at the start of my uh, training. And then I moved to Glendeland Distillery in Dufftown, uh, Mortlach, still in Dufftown. Then I went on Sky to work at Talisker for a while. Uh, after that, I went to Berghead, sorry, Berghead Maltings, uh, Rose Isle Distillery at the same time I was working in that group. And then Glen Elgin uh, for a while, so again in the Speyside. And then I moved to Isla to work at Kalila for four years and then went to Lagavulin, where I'm now. Uh, that's quite a journey you've been on. Amazing. Um, tell us about tell us about Isla, because um, I've not been. I, my my uh, my colleague has been who we run distillery tours with, but I've not been. And the more I hear about it, the more it just sounds uh, it sounds like a pilgrimage I need to go on. So tell me about what it's like there. What's the. You know, what's it like coming to there for the first time? When you go there for the first time, so depending on, well, regardless how you're going, you're going there. So if you go on the plane or on the ferry, it's always a challenge. Anyway, you never know what the weather is going to be like, if the plane is going to run, if the ferry is going to run. So it's always an adventure. Uh, it's very exciting when you go there for the first time. You feel like an explorer. Um, and once you get there, you're not disappointed. So Isla has kept the, the wildness it's it's a bit untouched so if you forget about the distilleries and obviously like uh, tourism around it it's it's an island that is really wild so when you go for a walk to some places to see some waterfalls some caves you know some big rocks arches and it's it's very wild and there's no real path or signage you need to know where you're going so that's what that's what's great mm. and you don't see everything at the first sight so when you drive around the island you won't really realize how beautiful isla can be as soon as you stop the car and walk for maybe half an hour, you discover something completely different. So it's full of surprises. You would think that two, three days, that'll be enough. You need a lifetime to discover everything on Isla. There's a lot of different places hiding here and there. And then obviously, if, you, if you're if a whiskey fan, this is definitely a pilgrimage. So 
when you when you start when you come off the ferry in Portland, for example, and you see a sign, you go to the left, it's Beaumont, you go to the right, it's Arberg, Lagavulin. You got all these names surrounding you all the time. As soon as you get to the pier, you see the walls of Portland Distillery. It's just magical, very exciting. And the smell must be quite overpowering from the distilleries, no? I mean, I stay just outside Edinburgh, and the smell from the from the hops from the from the beer distilleries is, you know, it's a kind of, it's a smell that now I associate with Edinburgh. So, I mean, what's it, what's the smell like on Iowa? Well, when you arrive in Portel and you just buy the maltings, so you do have the smoke. Uh, the smoke is Isla. Isla is the smoke. It's not just that, but definitely it's a big, a big trademark. So you've got this. Then when you walk by the maltings, you've got these smells of fresh yogurt, and uh, that's that's the 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 drums. That's the germination process that give that smell. But it's very characteristic of the maltings as well. And then, as you walk around the distilleries, you will have the the wash smell. Uh, well, mainly some CO2 smell, but the, the wash and the pot ale is also something that is very sweet and syrupy that you you smell. That's what you get when you're outside. If you go inside, then it's just a festival of flavors. It depends why you're in, in the turn room, if you're in the meal room, if you're in the in the steel house, when in the run you're in the steel house. If you're at the beginning, you will get some apricots, pineapples, things like this. And then later on in the in the run, something a bit lighter. It depends on the distillery where you're at, but I'm talking about Lagavin in here. So yeah, it's it's all all senses are are working when you when you're on Isla. Mm, lovely. So tell us a bit more about the Lagavulin Distillery then. Why why do you love working there? Well, there's a lot of reasons why you would love working at uh, Lagavulin. Uh, in my case, one is the name. Um, so the whole legacy uh, that's behind. You know, you're just joining a line of uh, of managers that in the past I've done like amazing things so when you start to the origins a very small place like this uh, Isla is in the middle of nowhere it's hard to access and to see that here nowadays it's just famous all around the world so at the moment I'm in Krakow and I'm speaking to you so it's the start of my holiday uh, and I've already been in a couple of uh, bars like during the day to to have a look at what, what are the local products and you see the bolters of Lagavid in there. It's it's a really proud moment when you see that anywhere you travel, you're going to see this. So the, the achievement starting from a very small place that is really hard to to access to now having this product all over the world is is very impressive. And to be uh, now managing the, this place, then obviously it's it's an honor and it's something, it's a privilege. So that's one of the reasons why I love working there. The location uh, is is amazing. So it's by the sea. Uh, actually, the first uh, week that I was on Isla, when I uh, arrived in Scotland, sorry, I was uh, rowing in the bay. I was doing a rowing competition in the Lagavulin Bay uh, of the distillery. I didn't know Lagavulin or anything and uh, found myself on the boat, no really knowing what I was doing. And uh, my face got splashed with a lot of salty water uh, when I was in there. And since then, I'm always kind of associated Lagavulin whiskey with salty water. Uh, that kind of, uh, yeah, like marked me when I was uh, when I was there. So yeah, the location, the memories, the passion. Uh, when you see people, when you talk about Lagavulin, just the sparkle in the eye. Uh, it's again, uh, you know, it's it's a real pride. So uh, that's all these things that make me very happy and very humbled to be working at Lagavulin. That's lovely. 
Really nice. And I think uh, uh, what you're saying, especially about joining that line of managers who have done amazing things over the years, you know, what a what a legacy for you as well to be able to look back and go, yeah, I, you know, I continued with that and made Lagavulin what it is today. Yeah, definitely. When we met before and had a chat, you ha- mentioned one of your passions is optimising the processes at Lagavulin. Can you tell us a bit more about those processes and how you tweak them? Feel free to go into detail because I think some of our listeners really love to hear that kind of thing. Well, Lagavulin is, again, so popular that we need to ensure that we are making enough. <laughs> so, yeah, we are getting to, to a stage where we, we need to look at the fine detail where there's room to produce a bit more without changing the the, fruit, the footprint at the moment and without changing the processes. So it's just about the, the, the final detail. You know, the, the main thing for us, the priority all the time is quality. So we need to make sure that if we do a change here and there, if we change the flow rate, if we just drop a temperature here and there, we just need to make sure that we always making the same product. So we've got a panel of nosers that are big experts so part of, uh, of them are the part of the master blender team and then we go a nosing panel in elgin just making sure that the new make spirit is always the same but at the back of that we also have chemical analysis to just make sure that the proportion of congeners is not changing either so every time we do a small change at the site we need to make sure that we are still making the same product so that's that's what's really like exciting uh, to be able to gain a bit more here and there but just keeping the same the same liquid that that was that has been made for over 200 years so how does how does that panel of nosers work then because i mean how do you, how quickly do you know from when you've tweaked something to to when they're going to be able to taste it how you know whether that whether that's been affected or not and how often do they come back to you and go oh don't do that do you know go back to how it used to be well, thankfully, that's never happened. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> never happened for me anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't know if it's happened Do you think they the might past. be a bit drunk by now? Do you think they've really, they're really smelling anything? Or <laughs> no, they're, they're not drunk because they don't, they don't drink it. Uh, it's the, okay, the new make, uh, it's the new make spirit that they are uh, testing. So they are nosing it. The the only way that you really make sure that you're still making the same product is the organoleptic uh, test. So it's basically nosing. Uh, and then, as I was saying, okay. so an analysis of the different congeners levels in there as well. Um, so, yeah, as soon as the, the spirit has been off the steels uh, and the new make has been transferred um, to get filled into casks, we get a sample before it transferred and the sample goes to the panel straight away. So they are losing it within the week. And if there was any concerns or anything like that, we would have the feedback within the week. So uh, it's it's very quick. And I do also nose before. I used to be on that panel when I was uh, working in the space site, and I am nosing uh, that also like uh, before he leaves the the site. So if I had any concerns there, I would uh, I would go. But we don't do a lot of changes, you know. It's uh, we just do as I say, like fine tuning here and there to try to optimize the processes. But there's nothing big happening. Um, I guess yeah, you would know the smell better than anybody, I guess, huh? Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you. So tell us then about your own favourite whiskey. Do you have one you'd like to tell us about? I'm, I'm biased uh, because when I work on a site, I really deep dive into the culture of the site. Um, I, I, when I was at Glenelgin, I tried a lot of different Glenelgins and I, I really had a hook on Glenelgin at the time. Uh, I was struggling to get out with and I was like following the same kind of flavour profile as well. Um, 
obviously, I always had Lagavulin. It was the second whiskey I ever tried. The first one was Kalila 18, and the second one was Lagavulin 16. So it was a pretty good start. Um, but mm-hmm. I fell in love instantly. And so it was easy for me, obviously, to develop my uh, my panel onto the Lagavulin, um, the Lagavulin collection and portfolio. So at the moment, the jazz festival from last year, I'm spoiled because I had access to that. So the 22-year-old, uh, I, I was lucky enough to, to select as well. I uh, I absolutely love this one. Uh, recently, the Offerman editions that we've released as well are very, very interesting. Um, and then the Classics 16, this year's edition. Um, now, uh, watch out. You need to keep your eyes open to get the new special releases, the Lagavulin 12-year-old and the Lagavulin 26. They are absolutely amazing. I actually took a bottle of 12-year-old with me on holiday uh, to share with my friends and to share with people that we're going to meet. And uh, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing 12-year-old this year. Every year is different and this year is very special. So definitely, if you get a chance to get a bottle, I would jump on this one. Tell us about this 12-year-old then. If you've, if you've taken that on holiday, that must be pretty special. What, what, what does it taste like for you? What does it evoke for you? To me, it tastes like a, a much older whiskey. That's what's very surprising this year. So I start seeing some, uh, it's hard to explain for me, but when I go on to whiskeys 18, 20 plus years, I start having a mix of vanilla and old leather. So I don't know if you managed to combine that in your head, but that's that's something that I always find in older expressions. And in this 12-year-old this year, I definitely have got this. You You feel like you're walking into a warehouse. There's a bit of moist wood vanilla old leather uh it's slightly spicy as well there's a bit of a kick in there it's just so complex and every year is a very interesting whiskey uh, for the 12 year old every year is different but somehow this year i think it's it's absolutely amazing it's a uh, upper uh, classing i don't know if it's an english word but i mean like it's above the the previous years for me that's my opinion anyway awesome thank you Finally, then, what advice would you give to someone who would like to know more about whiskey? To drink it, try it. <laughs> so definitely try, be daring. So just don't listen to too much advice. Just try your own thing and see what you will like. Um, it's, you know, you need to drink it the way you like it. So there's no fast rules for that. Um, I would probably start uh, with lighter expressions if you're not sure about uh, uh, pro- you can start with the core range so know the cast strength if you're not sure but if you know you're not used to spirits it's maybe a better way to start uh, if you're used to spirits already and you're just switching onto whiskey then cask strength is just another class as well for, for me i mean when it's off the cask you really have a kick you got the full uh, the full package of flavors so yeah i would say try different things go to the places if you can because that's definitely something that will like open your eyes and and even your senses when you're going to taste it you're going to taste it differently if you know a bit more about it and if you've seen the place if you if you drank it when when you're there uh, the, the the memories that you will have as always an influence on the brain and it tastes different so you need to go to the places meet the people talk about it and just yeah try to deep dive into the journey because it's it's a beautiful world there's so much to be discovered Thank you. If you want to really like have an example of the whiskey world and what it's got to offer, a great experience to have is to go to the new Johnny Walker uh, Center in Princess Street in Edinburgh. 
uh, it was my uh, birthday uh, on the 13th I've lost count of the day so last week I think it was last week um, and uh, my partner organized a surprise for me at the weekend and she took me down to Edinburgh and organized the tour in Princess Street and uh, yeah I didn't know what to expect and it was absolutely amazing so regardless if you like whiskey or not there's so much happening when you go on the on the on the experiences you you learn a lot time is flying you see so much it's it's a very very good uh, experience to have and to just discover a wee bit that uh, that world of whiskey you, you should really go there if you're in edinburgh it's a must do thank you Pudic. that was lovely thanks so much for coming to speak to us uh, you're very welcome my pleasure if you've enjoyed hearing from Pudic and would like to try lagavulin at its source the distillery is open seven days for tours and tastings. Visit distillerytours.scot and click on the Book Now button on the Lagavulin listing to find out more. Distillerytours.scot has every whisky distillery visitor centre in one place. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or sign up for our Distillery and Whisky News monthly email to hear the podcast first at distillerytours.scot forward slash sign up. Next month, we'll be speaking to the team at the Scapa Distillery on Orkney. We look forward to seeing you then.